0: Mac Power Users, Episode 241, iCloud in 2015. Hello, everyone. It's David Sparks, along with my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you doing, Katie Floyd?
1: I'm doing well, David. How are you?
0: Uh, you know, I thought it was time that we took a good look at iCloud because uh, cloud services is becoming such an essential part of Apple and there's so much to it. So uh, we've got a big show planned on that. But And, you know, that's
1: that's the only way to guarantee that Apple will completely change iCloud next week.
0: I think we're in a safe spot now because, <laughs> you goodness. know, we're a while before WWDC. We've got, you know, six months or so and people are still trying to figure out what happened last year. So we've got some good stuff here. Uh, before we do, though, I have to just open my heart to my audience here for a minute. So if you're not into the touchy feely stuff, I recommend advancing like five minutes because okay. I've got I've got big news in my life.
1: You got a little something going on.
0: Yeah. Um, I quit my job, Katie.
1: You're unemployed?
0: I'm unemployed.
1: <laughs> I know. I like to say that. I keep saying that. And hopefully you're not offended every time I say that. I keep no, asking, I think are you kind of unemployed funny. yet? Have you done There's it yet?
0: A lot of people are looking at me like, what? So, you know, I've, this has been kind of a running gag on a show about Dave doing everything at once. And I always, in the back of my head, knew at some point I was going to hit a point where no longer could I, uh, you know, keep up with the commitments of the law firm and do Max Sparky stuff and my own client stuff. So. Uh, and I hit that last year without even realizing it, because I was going to release a, a field guide in in October, November, and it's here we are in February and it's still not done. And uh, I had some big cases at work. So I, you know, I do a lot of litigation. So when you get in those those big trials, you get real busy. And I realized that um, without without consciously doing it, I had made some choices that I was going to pick, you know, the firm and the day job over all this other stuff I do. And, you know, then when I thought about it, I wasn't really that cool with that because I really like the stuff, this other stuff I do. And, you know, I've been doing big trials for 21 years. Maybe it's time for me to do something differently. So, you know, it, it, I I just was feeling like I was running so fast. You know how when you're a kid, you run so fast, you almost fall on your face, but not quite. Right. I, I felt like I've been doing that now for for too long, and I needed to make some choices. So the obvious decision was to back off of the field guide stuff, and you know, back off of some other commitments, and take the safe safe route. Take the job that pays me well and has insurance, and you know, the things that most people need in life. And I realized that I just couldn't live with myself if I did that because I just enjoy this other stuff way too much, and I don't know. I just felt like I would not be happy if I got to the end of my life and I felt like I took that safe route. So I did the crazy thing and went in and told them I was quitting. And, uh, that was a very, so I've been going through this for the last kind of several weeks or even a month. And Katie's been great support to me as I've gone through this, but so I've done it. Now I have a a new, um, kind of balance in my life. Um, the uh, I've, I've left the day job, I've opened a solo legal practice. I'm still a lawyer. I have no intention of stopping a lawyer, but I, I just want to have more control over how much of my life that takes. I want to work with just the clients that I really love and that, you know, are the right fit for me. And I'm just kind of rebalancing my life. So um, I'm going through a mixture of moments of exhilaration and moments of pure terror right now <laughs> yeah. you can probably hear it in my voice but uh <laughs> it's it's quite exciting so i have got a nice little solo law firm opened up now it's sparksesq.com if you want to go check it out as though i don't know how many people out there are that interested in a california business lawyer but if you are give me a call um but the uh I think that the net result is I'm going to be working as a lawyer still, but not quite as much as I have been in the past. And I'm going to have more time to make a great Mac power users podcast and more time to get, you know, better and more frequent field guides out. And uh, I, you know, inside, I feel like this was like the only decision for me. I, like I said, I'm a little terrified that, you know, <laughs> I'm definitely probably not going to make as much money as I did before, but we've talked in the family. We think we're it's going to work. And, um, here I am, a forty-seven-year-old dog about to learn some new tricks, so I can't wait.
1: Well, David, I am—I'm so excited for you, and I've—I've I've known it for a while that you just—you've really felt like like you've been treading water, or you know, whatever that feeling is of running and feeling like you're about to fall on your face. And and I've—I've I've really felt for you, although I know you would never fall on your face. But I think it's exhilarating because you're really setting forth on this journey that we have heard from so many listeners that Mac Power users. Uh, the podcast has allowed so many of them to do, you know, this is what we teach people about. This is what we talk to people about is how can we use all this fun technology stuff to do what it is you want to do to get the most out of your Apple technology and to be the most productive that you can be at work. And, you know, certainly you are Max Sparky. You are the guru of that. And in many respects, you're you're going to be eating your own dog food here.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I've always done that to an extent, but now more than ever. And, you know, right. it's like the night before I went in and told them, hey, uh, guys, because I, I had a very secure job. The people there, I think, liked me a lot and I was pretty good. You could launch me into a case and I would get results. But uh, so it wasn't like I was worried about job security. But, you know, the night before I went in to to say, hey, I'm leaving. Boy, I I was just, you know, I can't use the word how scared I was because then we'd get the, we'd lose our clean time but get I was a little, pre-
1: little red tag <laughs> yeah
0: I was pretty scared but you know the thing is I woke up the next morning I said you know Dave if you don't do this you will never forgive yourself because the fact is you know in life even when you think you're not making a decision you're making a decision right. and you know like me delaying that next field guide and everything I, I had already made a decision without even realizing it and when I when it occurred to me what I'd done uh, you know kind of the klaxons went off you know on the Starship Enterprise and I'm like okay I I've I've got to seize this now or I never will. So here I go, guys. Oh I'll try not to um you know dwell on this on the show, but I think it's going to affect some of the workflows and it's actually gonna weigh into the show and it's definitely gonna improve the show because um I'm gonna have a little bit more time to you know develop some of the guests that I've really been wanting to do and some of the show themes that I've been working on, but you know, just take a lot of time. So uh net it's a net win win, everybody. Hang in there with me. Great. And and really, thank you to the audience, because the success of this show is one of the reasons, one of the primary reasons I'm able to take this risk. So thank you all. Anyway, uh, enough of the hippie stuff. Let's get on with iCloud in 2015. Um, You know, the thing about iCloud is it means a lot. Everybody says, oh, iCloud's terrible, or I love iCloud. Uh, iCloud is a generic term that Apple has applied to all of its cloud-based data services, And one of my pet peeves is everybody who says iCloud sucks or iCloud's great because they are looking at one element of it. And I think, you know, just looking at iCloud in general, you have to realize that there's a lot of pieces of it. And maybe there's some pieces of it that could be a lot better and some pieces that are actually pretty good. But you can't really categorize at all because Apple has a lot going on. And I was thinking about this when I was, when I was working on the outline, you know, we've always thought that Apple's key business is making great hardware and software. And, and that, you know, that is basically their recipe. You know, they made the Mac and they made, you know, the Mac operating system and that has continued. They made the iPhone, they made the iOS, or it was called the iPhone OS at that time, I think, but either way. um, But in 2015, there is a third component to Apple's business would be my argument. And that's cloud services because cloud services has become so key to everything you do on a computer anymore that it's clear at some point Apple said, or people at Apple said, look guys, we got to figure this out and we got to deliver, you know, top-notch cloud services. Now I would, I would also argue that that's the area that their business needs to improve upon the most but in this show we're going to go through where what they're doing in the cloud now what works and what doesn't work and where we recommend using it and where we recommend looking elsewhere so right. that's kind of the outline for the show
1: and apple has continued to redevelop itself in the cloud many times i mean every couple of years it was kind of the running gag that that apple would rebrand whatever its cloud services are you know first you had icloud and then you had dot mac and and then you had mobile me and Now, I'm sorry, iTools, right? I said iCloud first. iTools and then .Mac and then MobileMe. And now finally iCloud. And I think iCloud is probably going to stick around for a while. But, you know, it was Steve Jobs' last keynote that he gave. And I don't, he certainly didn't use these exact words, but the message was, no, really, we we got it this time. But I think that just that that gives a little bit of a credence to the fact of we acknowledge that there have been some slip ups in the past, but also acknowledging how important cloud services are to Apple going forward.
0: Yeah. And and they they have a bad reputation for cloud services. I I have I think I've helped build a few bricks in that wall myself because I've written kind of publicly about, I think, the failures of Apple. Apple's various cloud services over the years at Max Barkey. And, and we've talked about it here on our show as well. Um, to well, me, it's,
1: it's not necessarily an easy, it's not an easy problem to solve. And it's not one that you can necessarily just throw money at.
0: Yeah. And the, I think one of the problems Apple has, well, I, I think there's two. The first one is prioritization. I mean, Apple is a very focused company. And I, I believe that their focus at least as I'm seeing in their products right now, is number one is great hardware. I mean, they spare no expense for great hardware. Number two is is great software. And I know there's kind of a public debate about how great the software is now. Maybe it could be better. But to me, the cloud services really comes in third place in prioritization. And that's historically the case with Apple. Whereas a company like Google, uh, it's all about being able to serve up data over the internet. I mean, they're, they're searching the entire internet That's their job. So that has a higher priority. The other issue I think that Apple has is scaling, because when Apple comes out with a new cloud service, like we're going to talk later in the show about the new photos that's coming. Um, So when they push the button on that at some point, it's not going to be 50 or 100 or 1,000 people trying a new photo sharing storage service based in the cloud. It's going to be millions of people. And they don't get the benefit of like a small startup that's figuring out cloud services and where the problems are with, you know, with a few hundred users. You know, I mean, at at one point, Twitter had a thousand users. And when they had a thousand users, they were able to solve some of the problems with their system that that, you know, that, that the people that came after a thousand never saw even then Twitter had problems as it grew. I think you, you remember the fail wells we used to get with Twitter all the time. Right. Um, Apple doesn't get that benefit. As soon as Apple says, this is our cloud service, there are millions of people hitting it. So you don't get the 1000 user problem solved. You get that problem with a million users. So there's like no room for forgiveness on this stuff. So I, I really, um I feel sorry for them when they're trying to do it. But but clearly Apple's getting better at it. I mean, you see in the news issues about, you know, the big data centers um, that they're building all over the place um, and
1: I think didn't even they even recently turn that um, that sapphire plant into a data center? Didn't they finally yeah, that, say, yeah, we'll take it and turn it into a data center?
0: Yeah, that's the news. I don't know if they if they have confirmed it, but it's definitely been in the news that they're planning to do that. And yeah, and frankly, you know what? They have the money that that part to that to a certain extent, money can help the problem because they could build a lot of data centers with something like was it 150 billion in the bank or some crazy amount of money. Um, uh, they've got better uh, developer support. And, you know, with the a lot of the data management and cloud services, every year at WWDC, it's like throwing darts. You get closer to the bullseye every year. I don't think they're there yet, but they seem like they're getting close.
1: Well, but, but one of the things you brought up with prioritization is keep in mind that for a company that has such a large reach as Apple does, and for who, a company that does as many things as Apple does, Apple is still a relatively small company. In terms of employee base, in terms of talent, in terms of engineering resources, Apple is is still a fairly small in size.
0: Yeah, and and they're secretive, so you don't know exactly what they're doing. I mean, if I if I had a Tim Cook's job for a day, I would definitely throw a bunch of money at hiring some top notch cloud people and building. You know, I just figure out what do we need to do where we're not a joke in the cloud services. I suspect that's already happened though, because. As we go through these services in iCloud, when we when I first you know pitched the idea of the show, I was thinking, man, we're gonna really tear into them in the show. And I as I'm looking at a lot of these services are actually pretty good. So I think that um I don't know. I'm not a I'm not being an apologist, but I I do think they've really improved a lot and are trying to to solve this problem. So anyway. So where are we in 2015? Uh where should you trust iCloud? Uh, where can you take a pass? Uh, So I think what we'll do is we're going to go through this thing in in categories of stuff, we'll start with the easy stuff like contacts and calendars and work our way down the stack, as they say. Um, But before we do, maybe I should just uh, talk about our first sponsor. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, And that is Gazelle. Um, This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Gazelle, the fast and simple way to sell your used gadgets. Now, if you've got a drawer in your house that's got some old iPhones and iPads or even an old Mac in there, and you're keeping it for some reason, I want you to stop for a minute and think about that. How important is that to you? Because pretty soon that device will not be able to run iOS because it's going to evolve past it. And... And would you rather have that device in your drawer or would you rather have cash in your pocket? Because that's what Gazelle can do. You can um, you can sell your device. You just get online, go to Gazelle and type in whatever device you have. They'll tell them what the condition it is and you say, I want to, I want to sell this Gazelle. They'll send you a box. You put it in there, you send it back and you get a check or you get um, Amazon credit, or you have a variety of ways you can get paid. Now I gave up on the whole Craigslist craziness years ago and just started using Gazelle. And I've been using my devices, selling my devices that way every year. I've never regretted it. And it's just so painless. So, um, uh in addition to selling your device to Gazelle, you can also buy things because what are they doing with these devices people sell? Well, now they're selling. They have a certified pre-owned iPhone, Samsung Galaxy phones, iPads directly from Gazelle. So if you've lost or broken your phone, then you can go ahead and buy one as well. Uh, so Gazelle's got both the purchase and the cell covered. Uh, It's a trustworthy company. They paid $175 million to over 1 million customers, myself included and Katie. Uh, It's easy. It's free shipping. Most items even qualify for a free box. So uh, if you've got those devices in your drawer, collect them together and you'll be surprised. Maybe you can buy yourself a plane ticket to Hawaii, or maybe you can buy yourself that new iPad that you've been looking at. You know, they've got you covered. So go ahead and check it out at Gazelle. If you want to take a minute, you can... Go in there and type in. If you're not sure, you can go and type in your iPhone, put in the condition. It'll give you the price. So everything's great. Um, Do we have a I don't think we have an offer code with Gazelle. Do we, Katie Floyd?
1: Well, when you go and you tell them where you heard about us.
0: Yes. Make sure you there's a little drop down menu. Yeah. And and use the
1: link in the show notes.
0: Yeah, and the other trick there is, you know, it's 30 days. So once you put it in there, you've got a little time. Like if they're going to have an announcement coming out, go ahead and put it in early so you can get that price locked down. But either way, Gazelle is the way to go if you've got old devices you want to sell or if you suddenly find yourself in need of a pre-owned device. Uh, thanks, Gazelle, for all of your support. Go to gazelle.com. Tell them you heard about it from the Mac Power users.
1: So running down kind of the iCloud list of services, the first ones that come to mind are two that I've really had no trouble with whatsoever, and that is contacts and calendars. In fact, David, I know we've had at least one show each on contacts and calendars, and I want to say we've had more than that yet. You can find, we'll put links in the show notes to both the contacts show and the calendars show. And you and I have, have both spoken very highly of iCloud syncing for contacts and calendars, um, I've been using those since the very start, with without much
0: trouble. Remember when you used to have to plug your iPhone into your Mac to get your contacts and calendars to sync? No,
1: you had to do that. Yes, I do remember it, that very well. It, it
0: almost feels like that didn't happen. Like I can't imagine that. No, I I've remember had to it that. happening. Well, and that was one of the advantages of the iPhone because the phone was made, the phone and the computer were made by the same people, and the operating system that synchronization worked a lot better. I mean, when this stuff first started, and we had to use cables. To get to a Palm device or something, you would end up with duplicate contacts and all this craziness. Well, this comes up on our show once in a while about iCloud and contacts and calendars. And every time it does, I say, gee, I've never had a problem with this. It just works great for me. And Katie says that, too. And every time we do get a uh, several emails, not a lot, but several from listeners that say, oh, man, contacts and calendars have caused me all sorts of trouble and they've, they've deleted contacts for me. And I'm sure there are some people out there that have troubles with it, but I think overall this service has delivered really quite well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, in fact, we actually had a question. I had it prepped for MPU live, but we ran a little long on MPU live. And so I apologize. I don't have the name of the person who sent it, but most of the questions and uh, problems that I see with contacts and calendars really relate to people who have ended up mysteriously, With calendar or with contacts mainly in different places. And so this can happen a couple of ways. So maybe you've got a few contacts in iCloud and then maybe you've got a Gmail account that you've synced and you've got a few contacts in Gmail too. And then maybe you've got, let me pick on somebody else, a Yahoo account that you sync. And so, you know, that I think is where the most problems come with people who are using contacts and calendars is they've inadvertently ended up with contacts in multiple different cloud services, and they're seeing all of them on their iOS device. And that's where the confusion is coming from, is they're coming with multiple different copies. And maybe they don't have the same one sync to their Mac, although they probably do now, since the uh, Apple has simplified with that internet preference pane. And maybe they have old information in one and current information in another. And that can be a really painful process to sort out.
0: Yeah, sometimes and sometimes you don't realize you're creating new contacts in the wrong database. If you've got Exchange at work and iCloud at home, you may cross pollinate unknowingly. Yeah, Yeah. like even just like on your phone, there's a default um, location for new contacts that you install on your phone. And at one point. For some reason, I had it switched over to my exchange account. Back in the days when I had an exchange account, Katie Floyd. <laughs> but soon, the, um,
1: soon not to have an exchange account.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Well, when this show publishes, uh, I will not have an exchange account. <laughs> but the, um, either way, the, um, so that happens and you've just got to kind of watch that. But in terms of just delivering the goods, uh, this is one area where I would definitely recommend going ha- ahead and using it. Um, I have had some issue with some of my geek friends that are Google centric when I go to share events with them off calendars. And it seems like for some reason calendars and, uh, between iCloud and Google calendar, a lot of times don't work as well as I'd like them to. And, um, I know that there's, you know, some different pipes connected there. So that, that's one area of potential problem, but, but, you know, honestly, I, I have been very happy with contacting Calendar Sync, and iCloud's been covering it now for, for multiple years. I, I think that, you know, everything is working pretty well. Another point about contacting Calendars with the iCloud is that it's not tying you to Apple's applications. You know, we've seen recently that, you know, you know busy contacts and busy Cal uh, is, is out there, as well as something like Cal. All of those tie into the iCloud calendar store just fine. So you're not tying yourself to Apple software. You're just using their their cloud backbone when you get on those services.
1: So if I had to offer uh, a couple of tips to people for keeping their, their contacts and calendars straight, I, I think I would offer these. Um, one is do not store calendars and or contacts and calendars locally. um, There's an option to keep calendars or contacts on your Mac or on your iPhone. And that's just not doing you any good because then they're not going to sync unless you have some kind of ridiculously sensitive um, job that for security reasons you are not allowed to sync those things at all. There's really no reason not to store those things in some kind of sync service. So pick one for purposes of this show. We're talking about iCloud. That's what I use for all of my personal information. Um, and so I would say go ahead and put them in there. Uh, and then the second tip that I would offer is try to limit the number of these sync services that you're using. Um, if you can limit it to only one, i.e. only use iCloud or only use Google, That's going to be best, and that's going to cause you the least amount of friction. Even if you have multiple email addresses, that's fine. That doesn't mean that you need to have multiple um, contacts or calendar accounts. Just because they offer that as a service when you add your email address doesn't mean that you have to turn them on. You can go into your iPhone and into your settings and, and in your individual accounts, choose what services you turn on. For most of my accounts, I have all of the services except mail turned off. Um, my one exception is I keep a, a delineation between personal, which all goes into iCloud. Um, so I've got my personal contacts and my personal calendar in iCloud um, and then work, which for you know sharing reasons at the day job, all goes into the exchange account. Now, it can be a bit of a pain point and a pain process to get that set up initially, and I really don't know of any better way to do it other than manually. So take all of that information that you've got in all those various accounts, no matter where they are. Make sure you've got a good backup of all that information. Import it all into whichever account that you decide that you want to use. So let's say, you know, if you're going to use iCloud, you know, take all that information that you have in Gmail and Yahoo and the examples that we used. Back them up, import all of that information into iCloud, and then delete it. Get rid of the information in, in Gmail and Yahoo after you know that you've got a good backup. And then once you have all of your good information in iCloud, um, as Dave Hamilton famous, famously says, the truth is in the cloud. Once that's all synced up, um, then unfortunately it's a pretty manual process of going through and making sure, you know, whose contact do I want to keep? What contact has the most information? Um what is what is that uh what what is that app there's one both for calendars and and contacts that spanning syncs makes uh contact um, cleaner and calendar cleaner yes um that will do a pretty good job of helping you you know clean up things that like have blank fields or where you have duplicates but you know keep in mind it's a computer program it's not going to be able to tell you things like hey this is david's old email address not not his new email address so you're going to have to do you know, some manual by hand cleanup, but once it's done, it's done and you'll be so much happier.
0: Yeah. So uh, would you, if you uh, setting aside your day job, are you happy with the contacts and calendar sync?
1: Yes. If, if I did not have the day job, if I were like you and, and walked in the office and quit my job tomorrow at the same time I quit (laughs) my job, I would say, and check this out. Boom. I'm deleting my exchange account right now
0: in fact i'm I'm very
1: upset that you didn't do that say i quit delete
0: yeah i I did that (laughs) just i just took a um i took a nail gun and i just fired it through the pc in my office
1: Boom. (laughs) you probably have to write a check for that then
0: uh invoice me for that yes (laughs) (laughs) um the uh uh, anyway, I agree. And and frankly, because my life is simplifying a little bit right now, um, I have combined both my legal side, my clients and, and my personal all into uh, iCloud Sync for contacts and calendars. And I'm just using the separate calendars and, you know, smart, you know, smart groups and all the things that are available to me to keep it in one. So I suspect my life is going to get even easier on that behalf.
1: Oh, sounds glorious.
0: Yeah. All right. So many benefits to quitting your job. <laughs> There is that paycheck thing. There is the mortgage. That's that's the downside. (laughs) Um, uh, Anyway, um, notes and reminders. So that's it's a related subject. Probably not as important. Maybe I should have put that one first. Um. Uh, but they work great. You know, uh, uh, the Apple Reminders app is a, is a good solution. If you have kind of low bandwidth task management needs. I wrote an article from Macworld a few years ago. How I started looking at all the other options for like just simple checkoff lists. And I kept coming back to Reminders. I mean, it's got Siri integration. It works pretty well. And notes are the same way. And uh, I don't use them extensively, but to the extent I have, they've always synced without any flaw or problem whatsoever.
1: Now, we've talked about this um, a a little bit, I think, in previous shows in the context of reminders, but not so much in notes. What do you use the notes for or do you use the notes app? Because I'm not so sure that I do.
0: I don't. I don't. I mean, back uh, a few years ago, I used it once in a while, but I don't at all anymore.
1: Okay. Well, the problem is, is there just so many good third-party options that I'm kind of in the same position as you as I don't use notes, but notes does have a couple of um, features that third-party apps don't um, mainly in that it has Siri integration would be one big one. Uh, And the other is that it it will automatically sync with, with the Mac.
0: Now are you using Evernote primarily for your, your, your uh, text notes or are you putting them somewhere else?
1: Well, most of them ultimately end up in Evernote, but what I previously used the Notes app for, you know, years ago, back when, you know, there weren't many third-party options on the iPad or iPhone, back before there was an iPad, what I was previously using it for was just scratch paper you know to remind yeah. me of the or you know things that I didn't quite know where to put somewhere else and drafts has really re- replaced the notepad for me more than anything else.
0: Yeah, that's me too. And, and yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing Vesper land on the Mac. I this year I'm hoping that that app cuz I I don't feel like my text um bank I think it needs work. I want to get better at tagging it and doing some other things. And uh this is kind of a a long talked about subject on the show, so I'm going to just leave it at that. But We'll see where it goes this year. But but, you know, getting back to the theme of this show, if you want a simple synchronization of little notes, like my wife uses it all the time. She's got things in there about recipes she wants to do. We were at the grocery the other night and I noticed she opened notes app and she had some stuff written down there she wanted to buy. She just uses notes for all kinds of, you know, jotting stuff down. It just, and it I, just I know works. many people
1: who do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. OK, uh, and the next cloud service I want to talk that falls under iCloud is bookmarks.
1: Yeah, well, we we skipped over reminders very quickly, and I know we did because we've talked about it extensively. But, um, you know, not to not to kill it too quickly before it's dead. I use reminders all the time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I mean, it, uh, there are benefits to it
0: when i when i listen to the incomparable podcast and they talk about a new book that i want to read i have a list and reminders of all those books and i have a list for movies and i have a list for if i start planning a trip i have a packing list and, you know just all sorts of little things and it, or i have lists for like target and the home depot and the places that i have to go shop and buy things um, and you could, you know, and every time we get into this, I hear from listeners who say, oh, I just did that in OmniFocus and I get that. But for the simple list, I like to keep them outside of OmniFocus. They just get in the way of my, you know, OmniFocus for my serious big boy problems where, you know, just the list of books I want to read, I'll, I'll put in reminders. Yeah.
1: And, and we've talked about that before, but yeah, the other big advantage, it has also integration with Siri. I, I tell Siri all the time to, add certain things to this list or that list or remind me to do this and that. And it, it works. It's something it's good at.
0: Yeah. So bookmarks. Um, I feel like that has made a lot of progress in the last year. I think if we had recorded the show last year, I probably would have told you hold off on bookmarks because they were very inconsistent for me. Sometimes they'd be there. Sometimes they wouldn't. And um, with iOS eight, I, and frankly, uh, Yosemite, the user interface for the synchronized bookmarks has got much cleaner. And I like the way it shows me the bookmarks on all my devices. And the reliability for me has been rock solid since probably eight uh, iOS 8 shipped. I, d- I don't think I had any problems with bookmarks when it first shipped. but
1: I don't know that I've ever had any problems with bookmarks syncing.
0: But, I did. I did okay. a year ago. So mm-hmm. it was... And it was like, it was weird. Sometimes they'd be there then I'd quit the app and relaunch it and then they would be there. So it it wasn't consistently there. Um, They're really great. Uh, The limitation is it just works in Safari. So, you know, if you want to use another browser other than Safari, then this is probably not the bookmark service for you. But if you're okay with Safari, I am. Uh, You know, Apple's iCloud bookmark service is fantastic. And and it's really nice now because it's so accessible to see all of your devices, because, you know, I'm one of those geeks that has an iPad and a phone and a laptop and a desktop. <laughs> so <laughs> the um, I have a lot of places that bookmarks could be, but now I can get to them from any device. I really like that.
1: Yeah. And I, I think Bookmark Sync across all of the devices, particularly on the iPad, uh, has really driven the adoption of Safari as a primary browser. You know, we did a browser show a while ago. And at that point, I was using Google Chrome as my primary browser. And Bookmark Sync and using the iPad more and more uh, is, is just so convenient. Obviously, if you use all the Google products, then Google has the ability to do um, syncing within all the Google Google Chrome with your Google login. But iCloud, uh, iCloud tabs now support um, and being able to see all of the all of the sites that you have open on different devices is huge.
0: Yeah. And and just as an aside, we're not judging these uh, services against Google. You know, I don't want because I I will get emails saying, well, Google does this better or that better. They may. But, you know, the the point of the show is an iCloud show.
1: Yes, so. to talk about all the features of iCloud, um, and I, I will point out just so somebody doesn't mention it, um, you can use the third-party utility XMark to sync your your bookmarks across multiple browsers, including Safari. I personally have found it a little bit flaky, but
0: yeah, it's not. But for a lot of people, um, they're they're using a PC at some point in their day, and then iCloud bookmark syncing isn't going to work because Safari doesn't exist on the PC. Well, it and, does. Um, I thought they stopped. I thought they 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 gave up on it.
1: I'm pretty sure it still it still exists.
0: But it ha, I don't think it's getting continued development. I, you know what? That's a good question. I shouldn't just say that. Well, we'll find out. Uh, but either way, Safari
1: so, five point seven point one for Windows.
0: When was the release date? uh
1: hmm. May 9th, two thousand
0: twelve. Okay, so it's only two years old. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, uh, bookmarks is the thumbs up. I mean, it's, if you're in Safari, go for it.
1: Um, and then iCloud Keychain. Are You know, this is one that, that you and I have talked a little bit about. Um, and, you know, we're obviously big one password users, but I I don't want to poo-poo iCloud Keychain. I am very excited about the prospect of iCloud Keychain. I want iCloud Keychain to do for passwords what Time Machine did for backups. I'm not sure that we're there yet. Um, but I think it's a good place to start for people who are currently using poor password practice. I mean, at, at this point, anything helps. I mean, it's it's there built right into the OS.
0: Well, not only that, when you're signing up for a new service, um, it offers to create a password for you that's a lot better than pencil or ABCD or you know password or whatever else everybody's using. So, it, one of the big problems of passwords you know today is that people don't know how to make a good passwords and the iCloud teaching offers to make one for you and offers to remember so it solves that problem I'm with you I think you know one password does a lot more but it's um it's still really great so um you know I I think it's really fantastic that they're doing it and once again I have not yeah I'm not using it for like the banking, the the real serious stuff I use one password for, but like logging into a forum, a user forum or something, I'm happy to go ahead and use the Safari Keychain for that. And it's working just fine. So it's an, it's another service that I think Apple is delivering the goods and you don't hear about it because it works. Um, Hey, before we go on, let's talk about another sponsor. And I would like to talk about SaneBox. Um, uh, SaneBox is, is one of the, It's the secret sauce of my email management. So the way this works is we all get all this email coming into our inboxes and same box will work with exchange or IMAP or Google mail or whatever. And what happens is the email comes into your inbox and it's from all sorts of people. Some people are trying to sell you, um, you know, drugs, you know, like uh, uh, some people are trying to get you to go get 20% off something. Some people want to give you a job, you know, it's just all these different levels of importance but they all get the same priority in your inbox so when you look at it in the morning or whenever you open your email inbox you see 50 emails there and you don't know what's good and what's bad well Sanebox handles this problem for you they filter it for you so they look at the who the email comes from and you know and the subject line and they intelligently figure out what is most important and if they think it's something that should you can deal with later they move it into a box they create for you called sane later And then that leaves in your inbox only the stuff that's most important. And you can kick it up a notch, though. They've got the ability to have it look for newsletters or, you know, you can make special boxes. And it'll start sorting your email for you in these various places. So then when you look at your inbox, instead of seeing 50 items, you'll only see five in there. And the stuff that's really matters will be there. Now, when you first start with the service, you're going to be really surprised at how well it works. Because when I first started, I was skeptical. I'm like, how are they going to know what email is important and what's not? They're not reading the contents of the email. They're just reading the subject line and the uh, recipient and the the sender. So I didn't think they'd be able to do it. They were scary good at it, but if they miss one, if they put something in later from your spouse and you wanna make sure that doesn't happen again, you just drag it into your inbox and box notices that and the next time they take care of it properly. Um, so this this filtering of your email will completely change the way you do it. Now, I know there's some apps out there that try and do this and they use all these weird systems where they create separate boxes and blah, blah, blah. Same box just handles it for you and it works with a lot of different email systems. But there's additional services too, like they have a snoozing service. So you can set up, uh, you can drag an email to a folder that says next day, and it shows up the next day. Or you can say on Monday or Saturday or three days, and it will do that for you. They've also got reminders. So if I send an email to Katie and I blind copy it, to one week at Sanebox.com, and she doesn't reply to me in a week, then it reminds me, hey, Katie never replied to this. Um, I, I just, as someone who deals with a lot of email, Sanebox really has made a huge difference for me. And a lot of the MacPow users, listeners agree. They were telling us that. Um, uh, the the ad run they did with the Mac Power Users was the most successful in the history of the company. 66% of the MPU listeners who try it end up subscribing. So you can probably uh, understand that this is a really valuable service. All our listeners are getting on board with this. And if you go to sanebox.com slash MPU, you save $10 on any plan. So so go check it out. Um, there's a lot more you can do with it than I've covered here uh, but once you get in there and figure out filtering and figure out the ability to snooze an email for a day or two, it's going to completely change your game. They've got pricing plans starting as low as $4 a month. They've got a 14-day tri- uh, free trial. Get in there and check it out. But make sure you go to SaneBox.com slash MPU. Thanks, SaneBox.
1: So another area of of iCloud, one that I use all of the time and that I encourage everybody to use. In fact, when a friend or family member hands me their iPhone for whatever reason, I've taken to going into the settings and making sure that this is turned on, uh, is the backup component of iCloud. Uh, You know, Apple does give us five gigabytes of of free storage uh, with iCloud. And this is a great place to use it because at some point you will drop your iOS device into some body of water or it will hit the floor or something will happen uh, and you'll end up having to get it replaced and come to find out that you may or may not have a backup of all of that data on there. And iCloud Backup, they've really done a good job. I've heard a few instances where people have not been able to restore from iCloud Backup, but those are very few and far between. This is like time machine in the cloud for for your iPhone, because it's going to create a backup anytime your phone is plugged in, anytime it's connected to a wireless device, at least once a day, and you're done. And it's, it's really magical the way that it works.
0: Okay. So I have, I, I agree with you. I think everybody should use it. But one issue I have with iCloud backup is the size, the five gigabytes.
1: Yeah, well, okay. I understand.
0: They So they don't back up your apps because you can always redownload the apps. They're really backing up your data. But when you start you know, taking a lot of photos, shooting video, and otherwise using your iOS devices, uh, you're going to hit that cap pretty quickly. And I don't know if this is um, like an entitlement thing, but it feels to me when you spend as much money as you do to get a device with a lot of memory, that maybe Apple should do a better job of of making it easy because a lot of people are just not going to pay anything. Even we're going to talk later about uh, upgrading your iCloud storage, um, but you know a lot of people just won't do it. And you know when you think about the fact that like to get the big size iPhone, you're paying an extra two hundred dollars. And I'm sure those those chips didn't cost two hundred dollars. Um, it just seems to me like there's a better model where they could say um, you know you spend X number of dollars. This device will always get a full backup. I'm not promising you that we're going to back up everything else in your life, but this device will get a full backup. Um, I suspect our listeners are actually pretty good about paying for the extra storage space because they appreciate how important it is. But I think our our listeners are a small minority and the vast millions of people buying these iOS devices out there who will never pay for the extra storage
1: I have some mixed emotions on this. I I completely understand and appreciate what you're saying. I do remember reading, and if I find the source, I'll stick on the show notes. But I I can't remember it now. But I do remember reading that this was actually a point of contention in the Apple boardroom when they wanted to give people a certain amount of free storage space so that they could use the features of iCloud. Um, But that was a point of contention of how much storage space do you give? Because we sit here and we say, "Well, five gigabytes is not that much," and this is Apple, and they they've made how many billions sitting in the bank, blah, blah, blah. But five gigabytes times how many billions of iPhone owners and, and iPad owners, that really starts to add up. That is a huge strain on their infrastructure. And I guess I, I, I also have to bring it back to, you know, at at what point do we have to take some responsibility for for backing up our data as well? And yes, there are some people who, no matter how cheap it is, and Apple does make it ridiculously cheap. What is it, ninety nine cents for an extra twenty gigabytes, or is it one ninety nine for twenty gigabytes?
0: Ninety nine cents for twenty gigabytes.
1: Ninety nine cents for twenty gigabytes, and that's that's the a month, and that's the plan that I've purchased. I I mean, to me, that's almost so cheap that you just question, well, why, why even bother? You know, twelve bucks a year for twenty gigabytes. I wish I could just pay twelve bucks a year instead of having it, you know, ding me ninety nine cents a month, but um, you know, why even bother? And But there are people who just simply will not pay for it, no matter how, how cheap it is. There's no question that that's a bargain. But, you know, h- how much does Apple have to give us?
0: I, I agree. But it just it, feels to me that it's really a false solution. And then you're going to have some customers that lose pictures of their kids and everything else because they didn't have enough storage. And that was a solvable problem, um, I don't have all the answers, but I, I do think that well, and, it, and it deserves is, a lot of scrutiny.
1: Yeah, this is certainly and we'll talk about this a little later. This is going to come to a head very soon with the photos yeah. app.
0: Yeah, um, well, that, but see, that to me is different. I mean, if you want if you want to store all of your photos in their cloud, I think that's something you should have to pay for, frankly. Um, but so maybe and maybe I'm being too conservative on that regard. But the device you sell me should just be backed up, in my opinion. Okay um, but, but but keep
1: in mind, and just so people don't email us about it, keep in mind that your photo stream, your thousand photos in your photo stream do not count towards that five gigabyte backup limit,
0: yeah, but that's also not permanent
1: well, and so the idea being that until that you know that that's a thousand photos in transit at some point before you take that thousand and one photo, you go plug it into your computer.
0: Yeah. Or you open or you open iPhoto or photos on your Mac and it it sucks sucks them down.
1: It sucks them down. I mean, so these are problems. These are all solvable problems by, you know, gasp, plugging your iPhone into a computer once every week or once every couple of weeks.
0: Well, it doesn't even require you to plug it in. Well, it does.
1: It does. If you want the backup into iTunes.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, we're not going to answer that question today, but overall, uh, do you use iOS backup? Heck yeah! And if you need the extra storage, you pay for it,
1: right? And but, and that's that's really you know there are, there are ways that you can go in and you can go in and you can manage your backups and you can tweak what backs up and and what doesn't and you know ex- optimize your your iCloud storage space. But really, the best answer to that is for ninety nine cents a month, get the extra storage space when you when five gigabytes isn't enough.
0: Yes. But I'll, I'll and, tell you
1: for a long time, David, and actually I think still currently five gigabytes has been enough for me. I, I don't use the camera often though. So I'm probably an outlier.
0: My kids take a lot of pictures. I'm, I'm paying for the extra for all four members of the family. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's four okay. I, 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 I don't mind paying it. I just feel like that, that Apple should provide a solution that just solves this problem. And I, I, I maybe the problem isn't the money, maybe the problem is just, you know, we only have so much bandwidth we can cram through these servers. And we're trying to do all of these services as as this show testifies to. Um, and, you know, what, guys, we don't have enough bandwidth to get every device planned. And and in four years, we're going to do it. But it's going to take us four years to build enough data centers to get to that problem. And I, I would understand that. But I, I I just feel like with the amount of money people spend on this stuff, they should just be able to get them backed up. Yeah, I think people are going to expect that. I think they're probably going to expect that for their photos, too, which we're going to cover later as we keep threatening Um, the, the next service in iCloud. I mean, I've lost track of how many we've covered at this point, but the next one that I think is another great service that works great is find my iPhone, find my iPad, find my Mac.
1: Yeah, it, it's certainly much better with Find My iPhone and Find My iPad devices that have built-in GPS. The the Mac will get you an approximate GPS location, but this is a no-brainer. If if you don't have this turned on, especially on your iPhones and on your iPads, um, ap- absolutely go ahead and, and get this turned on because I can't tell you how many members of my family this has saved just from innocent things like, you know, walking away and leaving their phone sitting on a restaurant table.
0: And if I if I had it that day you lost your phone and your Scotty vest, <laughs> it would have been solved. <laughs> where,
1: where is it? Where is it? What's that beeping?
0: Um the, and the uh the downside if you've got a family is that it, it's difficult. You you have to basically it's always thinking you're looking for your iPhone and your iPad. For me 90% of the time I'm looking for one of my daughters' iPhone or iPad. So I have to go to the application, sign out and sign in with their credential to get it beeping. Um, with family sharing, which we're going to talk about in a minute, uh, that's one of the things that's actually much better. If you've got a family sharing plan, you can do the find iPhone and find iPad for other members of your family sharing group.
1: Yeah, that's, that's too bad.
0: I turned mean. it off. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Maybe, you should. You know, they talked about you on ATP this week
0: oh, on me. You on ATP. Yes. Oh, wow.
1: About your family sharing post,
0: man. I am. I don't think my head's going to fit through the door now.
1: Well, that's okay. They said you were wrong.
0: Oh, was I? Yes.
1: <laughs> what? <Okay. laughs> As Syracuse said, you were
0: wrong. Well, if John says I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that guy. <laughs>
1: there you go. No, you should, you should definitely listen to it.
0: But okay, I will. Um, um, well, well, we're going to cover family sharing later, though. Well, you want to just do that now? Let, yeah, let's, go, let's go call for it an audible. So, and I don't want to go at a great length because I've covered it in this show already. But. But, you know, I was very eager to get into family sharing and, you know, signed up the whole family. And it just the problem was it just wasn't working for us. I mean, there's. Uh, I, the concept makes sense. Uh, you know, the, so the idea of family sharing is when you've got, you know, multiple people in your house, you can have one credit card and people can buy apps and music on their different accounts. And it's their stuff when they leave your account and get their own credit card, then that stuff goes with the account. I'm totally fine with that. Cause I don't, you know, this kid stuff, my kids buy, I probably don't want that much anyway, except passenger. I'm getting into passenger, but anyway, um,
1: I don't even know what that is.
0: Okay. So the, um, so they've got the stuff. But the problem was the service wasn't working as advertised. And, you know, one of the issues is if you do in-app purchases, then they don't transfer over. I'm totally OK with that. App developers need to make a living. Um uh you know most of the big you know, or, or another problem is iTunes Match doesn't work across all four accounts you'd have to buy it for each person if you wanted that um I'm okay with that uh but the the big issue for me was it just wasn't working I mean sometimes it would work sometimes it wouldn't sometimes I'd get the notifications my daughter wanted to buy an app and sometimes I wouldn't and then she'd be uh, frustrated um my wife's phone Uh, would not update apps because there's something goofy in the whole system right now where if she bought the app on my on the shared account we used originally and then she switches over to her own apps just simply won't update if you delete the app and reinstall it under her new account it still won't update and it gives her these error messages so she'd get 20 or 30 error messages every time she tried to update apps um It it just feels to me like this is an example of a service that's not ready. I I would not recommend it at this point. Um, When I covered this on the show, I got a bunch of emails from people saying it was working for them. And almost universally, they were people who were not doing it the way I was. Because I started, we had a family account that we all share. And that's been the case in the Sparks House for years. And iCloud is set up that way where you can have kind of the purchase account so we actually have five accounts for four people. And the purchase account is the ancient original iTunes account I set up. And that's where we buy everything. And then everybody has their own individual iCloud account. And this is totally doable. And I think legit, according to Apple, uh, as you do this stuff, or they wouldn't support it.
1: Yeah, just um, so you know, that's where John says you went wrong.
0: Oh, really? I, I really want to listen to the show now. I, I just haven't had time. I've had a few things going on this week. But um, uh, so so that's. So, but the people who wrote into me and said, Dave, you know, we're, we're starting from scratch. My kids are little or my wife and I have always had separate accounts. Those people have loved it and it's worked for them. No problem. So maybe that's the trick. But, you know, this is of all the things I've tried because I've tried some crazy stuff with my family as I'm doing this technology in the house. This is the one that has given me. I've received the most grief from my my, my wife and kids over. I mean, I don't think I can. I'm even allowed to touch it till probably like a year from now again. But I feel like they didn't deliver this thing. It it, 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 some pieces of it just don't work, and they don't work as promised. They don't work as in the demos, and if the stuff doesn't work, then you know what? What are you doing this for? You're very silent. You haven't tried it, have you? I, I it's just me. Yeah. Just just little yeah. lonely old me. I mean, you and your dad, or something. I could see you trying it.
1: No, he, no, he's not touching anything near my iTunes stuff. Uh, All
0: right. No. Well, I'm going back. I, 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 mean, I am I li-
1: gonna, I am gonna make a point though. I do need to set my parents up with family sharing together. So I, I've got to do that this weekend. I've yeah. Been, I, uh, something came up, and I don't remember what it was, but I thought, huh, family sharing would share this, purpose. would would uh, solve this problem.
0: Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm an edge case. I don't know, but I don't think I am. I think there's a lot of families out there that have been doing it the way we have over the years. So. Um, It's not clear, you know, what the solution for this is. I think eventually once they once they figure out the parts where like Daisy can update apps and, you know, and when the kids make a request that I get it, I mean, once they kind of solve those problems. I'm I'm happy to look at it again. The underlying problems, like a lot of people were complaining to me when I wrote that post about, yeah, I agree. I don't want to have to pay twice for in-app purchases. That's not my hang up with this stuff. Yeah, I, My hang up is it's just not really working as promised.
1: I, I think the solution is and Apple just needs to have a better way to manage Apple IDs because I think you're right. I think. I think a good majority, don't get me wrong, there are definitely some bugs in family sharing, no doubt. But I think the majority of the problems that you are having is because of the, shall we call it, non-traditional, although supported, way that you've got your account set up where you have the family purchase account and then everybody has their own account. I suspect that if you had the David Sparks account and everything was purchased under the David Sparks account as, you know, the dad account. And you were using family sharing and and what is the more traditional Apple approved method of using family sharing, that you would probably have less issues. I'm sure there still would be bugs, I'm sure there still would be problems. And John actually talked a little bit about that on ATP. But it it seems to me like the majority of the issues may be because of this, you know, kind of fifth account setup, you know, fifth wheel setup that you've that you've got. And I think the solution to that is either Apple just adds that as as an officially supported setup and deals with it and fixes the bugs, or Apple deals with their Apple ID problem, which is you've never really been able to fix and merge Apple IDs. You know, how many people have accidentally created two Apple IDs, or if you have an Apple ID created under a certain type of email address, you can't merge it with other types of email addresses. Um, And so Apple really, even if it's you have to call and talk to somebody and provide some kind of verification, but some method of, of merging Apple IDs.
0: Yeah. uh, From your lips to God's ears, you know, but I don't know if they can because I'm sure there's a lot of licensing stuff involved and.
1: Well, and I'm I'm not saying they, they just do it on the website. Like, like here, this is how you do it. I mean, I don't don't mind calling someone and providing some kind of verification, but. Yeah. You know, when, when people get. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It, it it's going i think it's going to be something i'm going to be carrying around for like 10 years you know my kids will grow up and leave the house i'm still going to have to have two accounts you know so i hope at some point it uh it gets sorted out Well, well when, when your I, first
1: daughter gets married here's here's what you do after after you pay for the the big wedding or or maybe this is is what one of your guests can do you buy them a really big iTunes gift card and you say honey you're off the family you're you're no longer a member of the family account now here's an iTunes gift card, go rebuy all your stuff.
0: Well, and it wouldn't be that hard because uh, the apps, of course, but, but, you know, the music you could export and re-import into a new library. I'm I'm not sure that's entirely legal, but I I mean, if I already paid for it, I don't think I would really lay awake thinking about it. So, I mean, there's ways to do it, like the movies and stuff you buy, and we're going to get to that in a minute too. So, Uh, We're we're teasing a lot of stuff in the future. So let's continue forward with our our outline. And I want to talk about that a little bit more later. But for now, my recommendation is unless you are starting from scratch, uh, and even then, I recommend looking very seriously and very hard at family sharing before you commit to that. This, This may be one of those things where it just needs a year to cook. You know, maybe with iOS 9, they'll have the bugs worked out and everybody will be it's, you know, it's all honky dory. And then I can get my family using it because I I frankly would like to use it because there is that day. I mean, one of my daughters is 18. I mean, that day isn't that far away someday where she's going to want to leave and go out into the world. And the stuff she's buying now, I'd like her to be able to take on her account. So anyway, um, let's move on.
1: Yeah. um, So you want to get in talking about. uh some of the meaty, meaty topics like documents and photos and all of that.
0: Or? Uh, uh, w- one little one I had here that oh, okay. kind of fits in before that is the location services. All right. I mean, that that's another cloud-based service that I think is working pretty good. I mean, the ability to be in a text message and just give my location to somebody. I was meeting someone for lunch the other day and she couldn't find me. And I just sent her my location. She found me. Well, that's you can cool. send a, You can send find friends notices out and messages now. Um, all that cloud-based location stuff is, is working. And it's another thing that nobody really thinks about, but I guess that's part of iCloud. It's definitely their cloud service Yeah, and it's working great.
1: I didn't really think about it either, but that makes sense. Well, I want to talk a little bit about documents and, uh, iCloud drive, because those are big, big changes we've had okay. in the last year.
0: Getting out the sharp knives now.
1: Yeah, with iOS 8 and and Yosemite. But before we do, I want to talk about uh, our next sponsor, and that is lynda.com. And, you know, it is, we're here, it's already February, and... If you haven't gotten around to your New Year's resolution yet of maybe improving some of your skills and learning a new talent, you know, what are you waiting for? It's time to invest in yourself this year and start learning something new at lynda.com. Mac Power users, listeners, we've got a deal for you. You can get a free 10-day trial over at lynda.com, which is used by millions of people around the world. It has over 3,000 courses on topics like web development, photography, visual design, business, as well as software training like Excel, Word, Press and Photoshop. Uh, David, I know you mentioned that um, you used lynda.com at your old job uh, for training some people. And I thought that was a great idea. I may end up using that at, at my office because we just got a new version of the office suite. And it seems like there are some people who could definitely use a refresher course. So maybe order some pizzas and salads one day and uh, pop a lynda.com tutorial up on the conference room. And all of their courses are taught by industry experts with new courses being added to the site every week. So whether you want to set new goals, find a work-life balance, or invest in a new hobby, uh, and maybe even ask your boss for a raise or just quit your job and maybe go find a new one, uh, you can improve your current skills in 2015 with lynda.com. So sign up for a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash MacPowerUsers, uh, and you'll get unlimited access to every course on lynda.com, access to view their tutorials on tablets like the iPhone, and or tablets and phones like both iPhone and Android models available, and access to the new courses that are added every week. Uh, A couple of courses that you can check out, uh, Our friend Chris Breen, I believe, just introduced a new course over on lynda.com. So you may want to check those out. Uh, David Allen, who we've had on this podcast has some getting things done courses. uh, And there's even a new course that I may check out on speeding up and maintaining your Mac. Um, So invest in yourself and sign up for a free 10 day trial to lynda.com by visiting lynda.com slash Mac power users. And thanks to Linda for their support of the show.
0: I think you're going you're gonna to have a lot of fun with the fact that I, uh, that I left my job, aren't you? <laughs>
1: it's, it's, it's possible. <laughs>
0: That's okay, Katie. You're keeping me real. I need yeah. that. Um, so uh, iCloud Documents. And this is something that is, is interesting. And this is, showed up in the last few years where Apple's saying, okay, app developers, how would you like the ability to have cloud-based document storage that you don't have to figure out on your own? And the poster child for this, in my mind, is ByWord. You know, ByWord is a great little application. It's a text editor, so the files are not very large. They're text files, and the developer's very quickly embrace the iPhone, the the iPad, and the Mac, so they they're on all three platforms. And if I write something in Byword, it shows up on the other devices. And even though there's better text editors out there, sometimes I still find myself wrapping myself in the warm blanket that is Byword simply because of the iCloud document support.
1: You keep coming and back to Byword.
0: I do. Well, I, I you know it, I I'm going to have time now and kind of a different. Oh my perspective. gosh! So I'm you're going to do like a stuff.
1: comprehensive. Review of of different texts that are. Oh
0: no, I'm not going to. But I'm going to be looking at everything a lot closer and maybe writing some of it up. You're but not going to get
1: anything done. You're going to we're going to start like a new series I, with you of I, getting nothing done with David Sparks, because all you're going to do is like sit at home in your sweats pants, <laughs> eating like a bowl of
0: Cheerios. And you're just going to be like, rent, Katie, I'm going to be doing stuff. Trust you're me. You're just going
1: to be overwhelmed with like sensory overload with like, oh, all of these things I can do now.
0: But either way, um but you know, so getting back to Byword, it's the application sorry, that really—it's yes. always worked from the very beginning. It's—it's it's worked very well. A lot of app, other apps weren't working that well with the original iteration of you know iCloud documents because the syncing engine wasn't that great, and developers were spending time in it and they weren't happy with it. But all that changed with iOS eight. I mean, they have um, they've changed the underlying paradigm of it. It's a lot more kind of Dropbox centric, where you've got more available access for developers, and the underlying uh, developer tools are much better now. To the extent that I think uh, iCloud documents is now again something that's worth looking into, I was so frustrated with this when iOS eight was brand new because the iOS eight version that shipped iCloud documents syncing wasn't even working with Numbers and Pages and Apple's own applications. Uh, but they released an update and got everything fixed up, and it's working well now. So yeah, it was
1: kind of a rocky launch. Yeah,
0: and, the, it was. and then the whole
1: weird "Don't switch unless you're on Yosemite," but But don't turn your on on your iOS devices or you won't be able to take advantage. I'm not I'm not sure how they could have handled it better, but it feels like they could have.
0: Well, yeah, it's definitely a challenge when you're a company that has millions of users and you're trying to get all this stuff rolling on multiple platforms. I guess they could have tried to release both Yosemite and iOS 8 on the same day. But can you imagine what a mess that could have become? I don't know. But uh, it is working much better now. And frankly, it's working better with apps other than Byword as well. So they they've made a lot of progress on it. And the other thing they've done is they've softened their position because when it first came out, you had to buy the app through the Mac App Store to use iCloud. And that's not really the case anymore. In fact, you did some research on this, right?
1: Yeah, I did. And it's not so much that they've softened their position. I think that's kind of the side effect of this is that they've really changed the underpinnings of how this has worked. And if you talk to any of our developer friends, One of the things that they have said fairly universally, and I think you've heard this in our iOS 8 developer show where we talked to the folks over at Smile and Omni and 1Password, is that everybody seems to be very impressed with iCloud Drive from a development platform. Um, So I noticed um, when the update to PDF Pen Pro came out, and full disclosure, Smile is a sponsor, but I have always bought PDF Pen from the Mac App Store because I use PDF pen extensively on both my Mac and on my iPhone and my iPad. And I use that iCloud syncing quite a bit. And I noticed that it wasn't in the Mac app store on day one. I I believe it is since in there now, but on smiles website, they were talking about um, how you could use iCloud drive syncing. Um, And in fact, they put up a a blog post about it. And sure enough, I I picked up their version that I was able to get direct from them, which which had some benefits such as being able to get upgrade pricing and things like that. And no, this is not an ad spot. Um, But so I, I reached out to Greg over at Smile. And I said, well, talk to me a little bit about how this is different. How has iCloud Drive changed the game? And from a functional standpoint, I can't really tell any difference using PDF Pen, the non Mac App Store version, uh, with PDF Pen, the previous Mac App Store version in terms of iCloud Sync. And, and Greg confirmed that, yeah, the, the big thing is that prior to iCloud Drive, non Mac App Store apps couldn't access iCloud at all, and now they can. And he said that they're really under the hood. There are a couple of changes, and I would really encourage Greg, if you're listening, um, you sent me a very detailed email, and I'm going to try to cover some of that. But you know, write this up. There are other people who are who are interested in in learning this. But that basically, the containers that Apple is using to store this iCloud information is different. Uh, under the hood and that there are a special set of folders that Smile uses to keep um a set of synchronized documents on iOS devices so that's how they're going to be able to do it both iCloud and now iCloud Drive have this special set of folders and a daemon process that keeps those folders sync with the truth which is in the cloud along with those mobile documents folders on your computers so you don't really have to have these special Mac App Store versions in order to be able to see iCloud because they're really just writing to folders on your computer. And then Smile in their Infinite Wisdom, even took it one more step further. And the first time you tried to launch um, one of the features in PDF Pen Pro, that required something that was sandboxed into the old iCloud drive they said hey we we can't grab this right off the bat but here's a link on our website where you can download a little script and we'll move these files for you do you want to do that and yes and boom it was all done so i think clever developers will figure out how to get around this
0: i think i the you know the the promise of uh iCloud documents and frankly iCloud drive which is next is that they've progressed a great deal in the last year. I think both of these services are more stable than they've been and they're um, sharing documents. Now, all that being said, just a few months ago, I wrote a really negative post on Max Barkey because I had a bunch of number spreadsheets that would no longer sync, you know, so that's the application made by Apple using the service provided by Apple on the devices made by Apple. And that wasn't that long ago. It was a few months ago, but now it seems to be working great. Um, I am. I'm. I'm kind of fully invested in it. I've got a lot of stuff syncing over iCloud documents, and I hope it continues because uh, you know the big promise of of the iCloud document sync is it's just so brainless. You just open up the application and it's already it's already done. You don't have to push a sync button. You don't have to connect it to a special folder. It just happens. And I think that's going to make document syncing a lot more accessible to a lot of people. Right. So I, I I'm using it. I uh I'm I guess I would give it a um a tentative thumbs up. I'd say, you know, if you're someone who doesn't want to have any risk of problem, I might wait a little bit longer to make sure that this is for real, but it, it feels for real to me.
1: Well, and I think there are just, you know, many advantages we talked about. One is that it gives the developers more flexibility. Every developer that we've talked to, you know, seems to love it. I know the one password folks are very happy with it as well, but it, it also gives the, it's good for the end users. Uh, on one hand, there were a little bit of growing pains because as the developers transitioned from the iCloud to the iCloud Drive model, there, you know, there were some changes that had to be made by end users. But once they get there, it ultimately will be a good thing for end users because, you know, hey, if, if you don't have to buy the Mac App Store version of an app, and you know, as, as good as the Mac App Store is for certain things, there's some definite downsides to buying from the Mac App Store. Like inability to upgrade or, or cross-grade or get education pricing or any of that. And, and so now you can take advantage of those types of things and still get access to all the goodness of iCloud Drive.
0: And, so, and we've been dancing around iCloud Drive. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, in the summer of 2014, Apple says, OK, we've got this new storage idea called iCloud Drive which is really we could call apple dropbox in a lot of ways it's yeah. cloud storage or you know maybe to be more fair what was it um dot mac drive or what was it called remember they used to put a a folder i drive i drive is that right yeah i mean i drive was there before dropbox and it was a drive that sat on your desktop or in oh, your finder it was finder. Well, it was slow as molasses is what it was like. You could put a little text file in there and it would sync up to the iDrive cloud storage and you could then access it on another Mac. And I'm not even sure if we had phones then. If it was, it was very early in the phone days. It it was
1: basically a web dev server, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh, But, you know, it was an idea that um, that was executed. Um, pro- I don't know if it was ex- how well it was executed given the time, but it was definitely not very efficient. So now they've brought this new thing in where you've got this folder of uh, you know this big. Puddle of storage, and you can put things in there. You don't just have to put the app specific folders like Greg at Smile was talking to you about. You can create any kind of folder hierarchy you want in there. And the stuff's going to be accessible to any application, both on iOS and Mac, that want to look in that folder. So uh, it's very similar to a Dropbox type service. They have competitive pricing. So uh, we talked earlier five gigabytes is free, 20 gigabytes is 99 cents a month, 200 gigabytes is $4 a month. Um, 500 gigabytes is 9.99, and a terabyte is 19.99. And and when they announced that, that was very competitive. Since then, Dropbox has dry, dropped their price. I believe it's like 9.99 a month for a terabyte now in Dropbox, but don't quote me on that. So uh, Dropbox is more competitive on pricing, but still, that's not bad for something from Apple. And you can throw whatever you want up there. You can throw documents or folders or pictures or video or anything into that storage. Um, in preparation for today's show, I did some large file uh, transfers with uh, timing my Dropbox versus my iCloud drive stuff and Dropbox is winning on speed, um, but it yeah. wasn't winning um, in a big way. So yeah, I, I don't have like exact numbers, but I mean, it was, it was getting done in Dropbox faster. It wasn't that much faster. So Um. Uh, You know, so Apple is now in the iCloud Drive business where you've just got a bucket of storage that you're paying Apple for. And the advantage of that is because it's run by Apple, you know, it's going to have hooks into everything. And as we move forward with this operating system, it's probably going to become even more valuable.
1: Hooks into everything except a dedicated iCloud Drive app.
0: Yeah, isn't that odd?
1: It is odd. I mean, maybe we'll see that in iOS 9, but I think everybody was expecting that and we, we didn't get it.
0: Yeah, So an, an iCloud Drive app would just be an app on your iPad or iPhone that shows you everything in there, just like the folder does on Finder on your Mac. Yeah,
1: and then you still, could like
0: you could like take a PDF and say, open that up in this app or that app. Um, but they haven't got there yet with that. But yeah, there's, there's still way,
1: no true file management system on the iPhone.
0: But I mean, I'm just amazed that we can sit here now and talk about Apple having this type of service because it made so much sense. Back when they were trying to close their cloud storage more to where you can only see it through certain applications. Um, And everybody justifiably was saying, you know, I just want to see the the files in there. I don't want to have to go into a specific application to open a PDF. I just want to see my PDFs. And um, they've made a lot of progress in that direction now.
1: Uh, But you still do have to go into a PDF related application.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that's why we want the app. Right. But on your Mac, you can do anything. All bets are off. Sure.
1: Should we move into the realm of media?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's right. do it.
1: So this is an area where I've had a lot of frustration and and I am not a big music person. Um I I have, uh, you know, several thousand songs on my iTunes library, but I've never really, you know, subscribed to any of these music subscription services. I'm I I I use iTunes Match just about is or is that what what's what is iTunes music service called? Is it iTunes? Just iTunes music? I Radio? Know. I think it's iTunes, iTunes Radio. Radio. That's right.
0: Yeah, uh, but that's not really a music service. I've know.
1: used it a handful of times, but that's really been the only one that I've used. So I just I give you that as as laying a little bit of a groundwork is that I am not a huge music person. I I like to own my music and I like to listen to my own stuff, um, but I've been pretty frustrated with. Uh, iCloud and iTunes Match specifically. Uh, I've been a subscriber since the beginning, and I have canceled and renewed, and now I have just canceled it again. Um, so when it fails to auto renew, I believe in April, I, I think I'm going to be done with with iTunes Match. And initially, there were some good reasons to be a member because you know there was kind of that backdoor method that you could update all of your songs to the the higher bit rate. I have just had continual sync problems. You know, keeping my music up to date, keeping my playlists up to date, certain playlists wouldn't be seen, um, music that I recently downloaded and added to a playlist wouldn't update. You know, I I can't even tell you the frustrations that I had getting my Christmas music on my iPad or my, excuse me, my iPhone this year. I think it was December 15th before that finally all got sunk up and it was just like, well, forget about it now. Um, but I'm, I'm done. I'm I'm just going to, when it's, when I add new music and I'm ready to go, I'm just going to plug my iPhone in.
0: Really? See, I'm curious about that. So to tell me what, you know, what is breaking for you? Because I've had the exact opposite experience with iTunes match. It's been for me. Fantastic.
1: For me, primarily, what is breaking is playlists. Um, and I have had specific difficulty with smart playlists. Um, but but playlist is what is is breaking for me.
0: The only time I've had that is when we were testing family sharing. Maybe and that's my suddenly job. playlists started breaking in. As soon as we quit family sharing, playlists started working again. Yeah.
1: But, you know, that that was my issue is, you know, I have a I have a playlist full of, of Christmas music. I have a couple of different ones. And, you know, this my rule is Thanksgiving is when the the Christmas pl- uh, music makes it back onto my my iPhone and makes it back into rotation. And so, uh, Thanksgiving Day or day after Thanksgiving. So, Black yeah, Friday. I want
0: to speak. Now, do you do that the morning before you eat the turkey, or after you eat the turkey?
1: No, after I eat the turkey. So it's like Thanksgiving okay. night or Black Friday morning. Okay. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to listen to the Christmas music on Thanksgiving.
0: Don't want to cross pollinate holidays.
1: No, no, you don't do that. But it's like once Christmas shopping begins, you know, then Christmas music can begin. And All
0: right. And so I'm s- to be clear on that.
1: Yeah. So I've got these playlists already created, but I, I have the music unchecked, you know, because I don't want it, you know, showing up and shuffling. Because the last thing I want is to be, you know, listening to, you know, whatever my rock playlist and then have Jingle Bells show up. That would just be awkward.
0: That would be madness. It would be. I can't believe that.
1: Yeah. And so I, I rechecked my music. and I thought, great. In a couple of minutes, I'll, I'll, and I got in my car to go on a trip and said, told, you know, my digital assistant, play, you know, play my Christmas playlist. Nope, nothing. Nothing, huh? Don't know what you're talking about. And so I flipped through my phone. Nope, no Christmas music on this phone. Double-checked iTunes. Yep, it's all there. Yep, it should be syncing. I mean, this is just one example, but.
0: See, so so my experience has been very different. We have a large library. We all have diverse music tastes, and um, we've got it on the fabled fifth account. So all of our music is on one account that we all log into. And, you know, we've those very coveted 10 devices, you know, that we all have connected to it. And the um I, I rate all my music and I'm very specific about my genre. So my playlists are largely a lot of things that will be like West Coast jazz rate start with star rating three to five. That is a playlist for me. And and so it's very easy for me to assemble a playlist because I've already rated the music and it just auto populates. And I think maybe I'm dating myself. I don't think people today that do music streaming services care about this stuff, but it, it makes it very easy. And then when I need extra space on a computer, I can delete it all and then re-download it later very easily. And then you can combine playlists. It's just, I find it really useful. And with four members of our family, there's a folder for each of us in there. So everybody knows to stay out of the other people's folders and everybody makes their own playlists. And iTunes Match has just been golden for us. You know, buy a new we buy a new album and then we're on the car on the way on a trip and people are downloading it into their phones uh, using iTunes Match and everybody loves it. In fact, that was one of the big big um, complaints I had from my family when we were trying family sharing. It's like, hey, what happened to iTunes match? How come I can't download my stuff? And I just didn't want to spend, was it 25 or $20 for every person in the family until we were sure we were going to stick with it. And ultimately we we didn't. So I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. That's that's strange because it sounds to me like you're uh, you're putting much less of a a much less of a load. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just have had no problems with it. Like I said, the one time I lost playlist was when we were doing the family sharing uh, the great family sharing fiasco of 2014.
1: Yeah. And I think Stephen Hackett wrote wrote about this a little bit. There's like no nuclear reset option. You know, like if, if something gets corrupted and you end up with bad data up in iTunes match, how do you tell it? No, no, no. Restart. Don't don't use that.
0: OK, so this one we disagree. Katie says, do not do iTunes match. I say, go for it. No. If that's your thing, you, okay. you don't need to do it. Um, but if you have a lot of music and you want to be able to easily get it between your devices, it's pretty useful. All right, we'll, and then- we'll hear right. We'll hear from the listeners. <laughs>
1: And then movies and television. Um, This is one that I I think is spotty because just of the digital rights management and what the studios are going to allow, because maybe your movie is authorized for sharing in the cloud and and maybe it's not Um, TV shows. I think generally are, I mean, you can believe the rules are that you can generally re-download whatever you have previously purchased, right?
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So this is another thing where I've, uh, you know, I'm corrupted by our fifth account. So, we um and when my kids were were smaller we bought a lot of movies cuz little kids watch movies over and over again as they grow up they they watch a movie once so usually when we want to watch a movie around the sparks house these days we'll just rent it and watch it once and be happy and move on with our lives um occasionally we buy movies you know like um we bought the Star Trek movie in honor of Katie Floyd. Good we all you. said that as we did. And, you know, and I, I really, really like that um, that um, imitation game when it comes out. My daughter and I have already said we're going to buy that one. So, you know, we buy a movie once in a while. And and over the years, um, we've got to where now we just buy them from from Apple. And I, I guess I'm this, here comes the fanboy title again. I mean, it makes a lot of sense to buy them as a DVD or a Blu-ray. I don't have a Blu-ray player, though. But when I buy it from Apple, I get the HD version, even though I don't have a Blu-ray player. And I understand you don't have to send me an email telling me how much better Blu-ray is than the HD you buy online. That's OK. I'm good enough with that. Um, over the years, the service has got a lot better. Now, when I buy it from Apple, I get the extra content where before you didn't. And now you can see the extra content on your iPad or on the Apple TV. And just the convenience for, I mean, I'm thinking we probably, you know, we rent a lot of movies over the course of a year. We probably buy maybe six. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having them on the Apple iCloud makes it really easy. So if I want to, I'm getting ready to go on a trip, I can just turn on my iPad and download it and I can watch it and I don't have to monkey around i used to have to you know we would buy the dvds before and then i'd have to go through a very uh, convoluted process of ripping you know the the dvd so my kids wouldn't get peanut butter on the disc and we would have it it, that was a big deal now Mm -hmm. it's like you buy it once you're done and if you have young kids you can ignore me because i appreciate the problems you're facing and i understand you may not want to do this but for the amount of movies we buy it makes total sense now there's still some problems with it um number one is occasionally, and by occasionally, it's happened to me once in the last six months, I went to watch a movie and it says, this account is not authorized and something's not working. And I'm, and it made me crazy because I spent money, I paid for the movie, I'm sitting down here right now, popcorn's ready, want to watch the movie, and I can't. And I had to unplug the um, Apple TV, plug it back in twice, and then it worked. And I have no idea why I was getting that error message, but it did work and then I was fine. That hasn't happened to me nearly as much as it used to have happen, but it's still, I guess, is capable of happening. The other problem is that, you know, the walled garden thing, you're buying it from Apple. That means that if you want to watch it on Roku or if you want to, you know, put it on your Drobo and do something with it, it's just really hard. Yeah, so, and- it, you got to make your own choice there. I, I'm not going to necessarily recommend it, but I can tell you we're doing it and it's fine for the volume of movies we're buying.
1: And if you live totally in the Apple ecosystem, you're probably not going to run into the DRM as often. But un- unlike the music, the, the movies and the TV shows are still DRM'd. And yeah, that you're can- never
0: getting them out. Yeah. You know, when, my, when my daughter moves out, she's not going to get that Star Trek movie mm-hmm. unless she buys it again.
1: Yeah, and, and those are still problematic because, you know, if I wanted to play it on Plex because I wanted to do something else with it, well, that's not going to happen with those, those DRM versions of the movies. You know, if I if I wanted to, um, you know, my mom and I were were traveling and we were on an airplane together and she you know, she's not thrilled about flying. And so she really likes to be distracted when flying. And so on the way up, she had a bunch of movies and TV shows on her iPad to watch. But on the way back, she had already gone through them all. And so the only solution for how to get let her watch more movies was to hand her my iPad and say, like, OK, well, here you go, because there was no way to transfer the ones that I already had onto hers. And, you know, that was an easy solution. It was just handing her my iPad, but then I didn't have my iPad. But the things that you do, I guess. Um, what I wow. typically do. That's a
0: big sacrifice. It is. Me. It is.
1: I just, was, I'm just going to sit here and <laughs> pretend to sleep. Um, what I tend to do, though, is I tend to buy those, um, the Blu-rays with the digital extras.
0: Yeah, they that come, makes a lot of sense
1: that come with the code because you can get them on Amazon. They're they're pretty cheap. Um, and I I have one of those. <laughs> and, and, those people, and
0: those codes generally work in iTunes, right? I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: they do. Um, yeah. I have one of those under the bed storage bins. And so under the bed in my guest bedroom, I just have all these DVDs. Yeah, many of them never been put into a into a DVD player.
0: So if I ever like visit you and the place catches on fire, I'm going to be consumed in a plastic ball of fury. That's probably fire true. fury. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, um, but I yeah, like I like know, having that's a them because question really. I'm I'm uh, all
1: concerned that one day one day these codes are going to stop working and one day Apple's going to get into a fight with the record or the the TV industry and I I want to have these discs.
0: No, I I totally get that. I my you know my birthday was just this past week and Daisy bought me a CD. It's you know John Williams, you know Star Wars, ET, all the stuff I love. He made a jazz album in like the fifties and I didn't even know he'd done it. And Daisy found it and bought it for me. So now I've ripped it and I'm, I don't know what I, what do I do with this piece of plastic? I'm holding it. You know, it's sitting here on my desk. What am I supposed to do? So
1: you you can stick it, you mail it to me and I'll put it in my bin.
0: I think I might. (laughs) I'll call it the the vault. I'll send it to the vault.
1: (laughs) There you go. So.
0: You can rip it too. Oh, wait a second. I don't want to say that. I might no, get No, that's bad.
1: And, and yeah, that'd I'm, be terrible. Not my thing. Sorry.
0: Yeah. All right. Um,
1: well, we've got a few more services to talk about, including we will finally get. To photos, uh, it's coming up. Uh, but before we do, let's talk about our last sponsor, and that is our good friends over at One Password. Uh, and you know, we've talked earlier about uh, the importance of creating strong, unique passwords across all of your sites. And as David and I have both said, One Password is our tool of choice for doing this. It allows you to create strong and unique passwords across any kind of device, whether it's a Mac, whether it's a PC, whether it's an iPhone, whether it's an iPad, uh, even if you've got an Android device. One uh, Password. Will work for you. It will sync over Dropbox. It will sync over iCloud. Now using the new and improved iCloud Drive, um, and they have just released new versions for both the Mac and on iOS. And boy, the the folks at Agilebits they just don't stop. You know, they uh, did you know that they take all their employees on a big cruise, David? That that's got to be like the best place to work. You you should apply for a job with them.
0: So many, th- <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, sure I'm just saying because they go on a cruise with all their employees, but I think there's so many smart people there, they should take care of those guys, they
1: they should. But I think they must even make them work on that cruise. So that must be really mean, like when you're on a, the cruise on the tropical place to make all these people work because they keep cranking out these, these new versions. Uh, and in the new iOS version, they have really stepped it up a notch, and, and two new features in particular, although there are lots behind-the-scenes improvement, but two real landmark features in this point release that they updated uh, included new support for two-factor authentication tokens. So, you know, if you've got, like, the Dropbox or the Tumblr or Evernote or all these other kinds of services that support two-factor authentication, previously you had to get a text message or you had to use, you know, one of these authenticator apps And the folks at 1Password just kind of figured, well, why? You've already got your 1Password app. What if we could just do that all in one and eliminate the need for an extra app? So they did. Um, So now you can take care of all of your two-factor authentication passwords uh, right within 1Password as well. And if you're new to 1Password... Um, they have got a new feature, or if you're just adding passwords to one feature, called the password creator. So when you click the little plus button in 1Password to add a new password to 1Password, you can it walks you through the process of putting all of the information of either entering a password or creating a password with 1Password. I just used this the other day as I was signing up for a new web service. They have hundreds of pre-populated um, services, so it's limits the amount of things that you have to type in. And it's a really great way for people who are especially new to one password uh, to make sure that they get all of their information entered uh, quickly and accurately. Uh, so go check them out over at OnePassword.com, And uh, thanks to the folks over at one password for supporting the show.
0: I just like those guys. Cause they just never stop thinking, how can we make it better? And they're always pushing, you know, it's funny uh, when I was making this decision, I was, I was reminded of a story Merlin Mann told me, he, he actually spoke at one of their employee events. Oh, that
1: that's a better gig. We should do that.
0: Well, he did like a, a talk about capacity and he was talking about, okay, here's a, I think he had like a, a jug or a glass and he put some water and he says, imagine this is your capacity, how much you can do. And this is the stuff you have to do. And he pours it in and then. He pours and so, and I'm going to totally ruin this in the telling. Merlin could do oh, I've, it so much yeah, better. I've,
1: I've, I've heard this. This the sand and the rocks and the water and the well. Hole.
0: Sort of like that. He deals yeah. with water, but at some point he like pulls out from behind him this massive jug of water and just starts pouring it in. There's clearly not enough vessels on this table to handle all the water that's coming into it. And it's just pouring all over the table and Merlin's saying, so what are you going to do? You know, and you know, making the point at some point there's too much water. There's just too much water. And he said, um, that's kind of the way I was feeling. But anyway, um, the, uh, enough of that. I digress again. There's okay. more services to talk about Kenny Floyd. Yeah. Should we go to photos? I think let's, we have to, let's go to photos. I think we have so to. as we record this, Apple, um, Uh, has recently released a beta of the photos app and we're going to do, we're going to give this a whole show once it's, you know, it's out in prime time and we know a lot more because right now it is early days, but you know, what's, what's public at this point is at WWDC, they said we're going to handle photo storage in the cloud for you. And that's something that we've all been waiting for. And it's, it's never really worked right in my opinion from any of the solutions that we've seen so far. And the idea is you take a picture on your iPad or on your phone um and it just goes up into the cloud and there's an app on your mac that sees the same cloud and has access to everything and if you make a modification on your mac it shows up on your ipad and if you mark it as favorite on your iphone it shows up on your mac all this stuff just talks to each other and we're all happy and and not only that because the truth is in the cloud as you say earlier. Um, there's enough storage that no matter what the size of your SSD and your Mac, you can still see all your photos. It doesn't mean they'll all be downloaded, but you'll have, you know, lower resolution reference uh, versions on all your devices. So you can just click it and download it. And even like on your iPhone and your iPad, the same thing, you can see all your photos. So if you've got 10 years of photos up here, it's going to work. And, you know, when you, on paper, it sounds like just the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it's something we all really need. So. They announced it, and then they were very quiet for a very long time, for six months. In fact, it seemed like they may be retreating from it because the pages they had on the internet were kind of disappearing.
1: Yeah, people, and then people a, were saying, oh, my gosh, it's not coming after all.
0: Yeah, and then suddenly it shows up. And so being, you know, the brave little warrior, I um, because I have my laptop is running the beta of of Yosemite, where my my iMac is running the current shipping version. Yeah, so I hope on my that's lap-
1: where you're recording the show.
0: Um, well, I will, uh, remain silent as to that, but okay. the, um, uh, so on my laptop, I went ahead and installed it and pushed the button and I have 15,000 photos that have gone up into it at this point and it's not syncing entirely right, but it's the early beta and I get that. So I'm not going to say that's that it's not working because I think it actually is pretty good. The the app itself, I really like, and it's very similar to the experience you have on the iPhone and the iPad. So people who work on it will be able to do it from, from all three applications. There's just a lot to see right now. Like they don't have third-party app support on the Mac yet. I really hope they get that at some point. Um, But, but the, the principle of it I think is a good one. And if they can execute on it, I think this will be a good photo solution for a lot of people. And we're going to cover this in great detail, but it's just so early now to say, um, you know, what'll happen. To me, the big question of the hour is, will it scale? You know, at the beginning of the show, I talked about Apple's problem is they have millions and millions of users. So when they do something like this, it has to work for millions and millions of people. Maybe it'll work for the developers, the limited number of developers and the developer builds, and we'll all think it's awesome. And the day it ships, it'll break because the servers will will melt. We just don't know because photos are a lot bigger than text files. And this is going to be a massive project for them to to do this for everybody.
1: Well, it's a massive project on a couple of fronts. And I know we're focusing on iCloud now, but it's a massive project both on a software front because they are really, you know, ripping apart. It, this is not iphoto this is a totally new app and we've seen apple do this in a couple of of ways before we we saw them do it with final cut when they came out with final cut 10 you know it was truly a totally new app uh, we saw them do this in many respects with Pages, where the newer version of Pages was a very different app than the previous one. And so, the Photos app is going to uh, share some of the features with iPhoto, but it is a completely different app. This is this is Apple really starting from the ground up, and so it's going to share some commonalities with iPhoto, but it's not going to have all of the features off the right off the bat, and it's going to have some different features right off the bat. And so, in many well, respects, let
0: me on that. Yeah. Okay. So just before we go to the next point, uh, software, my initial impression is they are delivering. It's not iPhoto. It's not Aperture. It's somewhere in between the two, uh, but it's very accessible and it's not difficult to use. So I, I think they're getting, they're in the right direction on that. I mean, who knows what the final shipping product is going to be like. And I, I don't want to talk about it too much because it's a beta. So, you know, I did that about workflows and got in trouble for three months. Yeah. But but And and by that,
1: the way, we're we're still waiting to our workflow show because that app update hasn't come out yet.
0: Yeah, well they have a big one coming up, so we're gonna wait for that. And that's not far off either, according to my sources. Yeah, yeah. But either way, um the um I think that on the software side, I think that they I I get the vision that they have. And from what I've seen so far, I'm pretty excited. We'll put a link in the show notes because they have a, a web page up that gives you a lot of details on it. You can see screenshots so you can see where it's going. Yeah. All right. But, so, what was your next issue?
1: Well, but let's flip back over to the services side because that's really more what the show is about. Yeah. So let's let's talk more about the cloud side. So, as you mentioned, you know when Apple does this, really only a fraction of the the Mac users the iPhoto users are going to do this on day one. I don't know what fraction that's going to be, but my guess is 10%, maybe less, are going to upgrade on day one because how many people, number one, how many people are on Yosemite? And number two, how many people actually upgrade on day one? And then when they launch it and say, really, you want to do all my iPhotos onto this thing? Okay. I mean, so certainly it's going to be a huge number of people, but it will be ramped up to a large number very quickly just because of the auto update process and how fast it scales and whether they can keep up with that, we're going to know very fast because you're going to talk about terabytes and terabytes and petabytes. And what comes after petabytes, gigaflops, something? Know,
0: something, something, something bytes. something commander f- data would know.
1: Yeah. Um, something even really terafloppy bigger um, would come after that, you know, of data that they're going to have to keep up there. So I'm concerned because um, it, it will tell the tale very quick. And, and Apple knows this. This is make or break because people are not going to mess around with their photos. If if Apple loses people's photos, it, it's going to be a big deal. And you and I both know, not the people in this audience that we're talking about, but the average user who just clicks, 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 yes, 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 turn this on. Okay, that's fine. Many of those people don't have backups of those photos.
0: Yeah, but see the problem is those people are losing their photos already. They are. You know, but, they, but if they, they lose they them lose because them.
1: Apple screwed up, that's gonna be even worse.
0: I, I know, but I'm but if Apple doesn't screw up and they can deliver this, those people will be very thankful because you know, people are having phones fall into the river every day that have photos on it that are not backed up, like key photos in their lives. So I'm and I'm sure Apple knows better than you and I how important that is. I can tell you um in the beta uh the, the 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 default setting as of the time we record this show is that it keeps the original images on your on your Mac in the full size. Right. There's a setting you can elect to say no keep the originals in the cloud and just use optimized versions on this device. Um but right now the setting is, and I, I can't imagine they would change it is that no, keep the originals on this device.
1: Right. Well, and, and that's, that's one of the concerns is that if you, and, and I'm glad they have that as the default. And my understanding is as long as you keep those photos on your computer, time machine and third-party products will continue to back them up. But let's say that, you know, you get tight on space on one of your machines and and you check, you turn off that check Mark um, how are those photos being backed up, and for some people are they going to be anywhere but with apple
0: yeah well i and i I'm actually am using my imac not my not my test bed right now. It's just to make you feel better. So I, I can't look. But another question I have as we record the show that I don't have the answer to is is how are the photos literally stored on the drive? Are they are they embedded in some proprietary database or is it like one of these things where there's a, um, a package that basically has a bunch of folders with everything in it so you could very easily extract them if you wanted? Now, I suspect it's the second, but we'll see. That's how it's um, always been. And um, I also think that there's going to be a, you know, when we do this, eventually, we're going to talk with our listeners about ways to back up outside of the Apple cloud as well. And we're going to strongly recommend it. But, you know, we're we're early days on this stuff. So uh, hang in there with us. But I would guess by summer, um, we're going to have a lot to talk about with this stuff. And I find what I've seen so far very promising. So I don't know that the that the cloud will be able to keep up with it, but if it can, um, the software side of it, I like the look of it. And I think this is something not only that I could be happy working with, but my wife, who's not a super geek, could also be happy working with. So I think they're in the right direction. I just hope they have enough servers to keep up because uh, syncing photographs, you know, in my mind, there's like three levels. There's text, which we've 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 uh, overcome and and to a certain extent, um, maybe there's four. So there's text, then there's music, you know, just audio files, which I think we're doing pretty good with. Although Katie had problems. Then there's photographs and then there's video. And the photographs to me is the next major stumbling block. We need to get it to where photos just naturally sync to the cloud and it's not a big deal anymore. And we haven't got there yet, but this is the most promising solution I've seen yet. Yeah. Exciting.
1: It is exciting. It's- yeah. Well, so I think that's the state of iCloud in 2015.
0: Yeah. Overall, it's better than I thought it was when I first thought about doing the show. I mean, when you start breaking it down, they're delivering on a lot of these pieces.
1: I agree. They are definitely delivering on a lot of the pieces. And they've come a long way. And I think iCloud Drive was a big step in that this year.
0: Yeah. iCloud Drive and documents, huge improvement over a year ago. Um, you know family sharing I think needs that jump next year yeah. family sharing needs huge improvement in next year in my opinion yeah. although I'm going to have to listen to ATP because if those guys say I'm wrong then I must be right <laughs> <laughs> yep. well, I find it very hard to disagree with John Syracuse. That guy is a uh, very convincing. <laughs> so.
1: We'll have to find that link and put it in the show notes. Um, yeah. and, and you can find that along with all of the other links that we put in the show notes on our website at MacPowerUsers.com or at 5 x tv slash MPU.
0: can send us feedback to uh, feedback at MacPowerUsers.com. And you can find us on Twitter. We're at MacPowerUsers, Katie's at Katie Floyd, and I'm at Mac Sparky.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next week.